0: This one might be one of the realest that I've ever spoke. Like Pac said, against all odds. Um, Let me start with the cover art. Um, When you look at the cover art, you see a hand of a woman who is showing off her engagement ring. And in the background, you see a brother, the brother who gave her the ring. And I wanted to use this particular cover art for this particular episode because, um, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of symbolism in it., uh, you could focus on the ring or you could focus on him. Uh, her hand is in the forefront, so that's the focus. Uh, but I think it's very important that you don't lose the guy in the background as you prepare for uh, the wedding and the subsequent marriage. Um, this podcast is a little different because my boy, and I got to shout him out, my boy Baylor, shout out to Baylor, the great BTG, the great, make sure you check out his podcasts, plural, um, open run with BTG, which is a sports podcast and Baylor for president. Uh, you can hit him up on social media at Baylorism. Um, um, Bella sent me a, a, me and Bella texts like every day or every other day. And um, he sent me a voice note and he said he wanted me to give my personal experiences between the differences of being single versus being married. Um, And I chuckled when I first heard the voice note. Uh, because we both given each other suggestions for pot, for for podcasts on things that we want to hear each other talk about, and because I've known Baylor a couple of years, um, he's somewhat familiar with the story, but not really. Um, and then some of the things that I may disclose on here, none of you know. Um, but this is my boy. This is my brother right here. So uh, you know, we haven't known each other for a long time, but it seems like we've known each other a lifetime. I'll put it like that. Um, and then Bail is married too. And there's a 10 year difference between our ages. So I'm 50, he's 40. So, but yeah, uh, he, he suggested, you know, this episode. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And when I agreed to do it, I was like, okay, well, what am I going how am I gonna break this down uh, with giving you some gems, but not giving you too much of the sauce. Um, but here it goes uh there are definitely pros and cons um i i will start by saying is that uh you know nobody has to be married uh it's a choice and I, and i'll touch on marriage married marriage life and the sorts uh in just a second but you know it's a choice and i don't think that necessarily uh it's something that everyone grows up aspiring to be but i mean ultimately here's the thing you're either going to be married or you're going to be single and what i mean by single is single as in being not married not single as in i'm single i don't have nobody because you can be single and have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and but you're not technically you're not classified as being married married meaning on paper legally binding you're with that person um But yeah, again, shout out to Baylor for the suggestion or even asking me because he wanted to hear me uh, talk about it. Um, I was single for a long time. (laughs) Uh, Even having met my wife in college, I still was single for a long time. And I had, you know, friendships. I had relationships. I had uh, things that I probably couldn't even really define, really, if I'm being honest. Um, But I had fun being single. Um, I will say this. I don't know in my wildest dreams that I, that I thought that I'd be single the rest of my life. Cause here's the thing. And I can only speak for myself and the men that I know. I won't say all men. I ain't going to say all black men. Um, most of us, again, myself included and the men that I know, I think we had thoughts of getting married. But I don't necessarily know that we dreamed of getting married, if that makes sense. And in having thoughts of getting married. You don't necessarily picture or envision what all that entails, right? You, you know what you know and you know what you see. And even like when I scan the room of if I if you put all of my friends in a room, if I scan the room, a lot of my friends, you know, had or came from houses where both parents were there and they had long marriages. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. But even in seeing that, I don't know <laughs> necessarily. That they grew up saying, hey, I want to be just like mom and dad and have and be married for 60 years. Uh, And then conversely, I had friends like me who had parents that were married and got divorced. Uh, My parents got divorced when I was 13, almost 14. Right. And then I have friends who parents never married. Right. Um got a few friends who don't really know who dad is. I mean, they know dad, they know who dad is, but they don't know dad like that. Um, and that's unfortunate. So I'm just talking about what that looks like as you grow up and you scan your friends. Um, and so, you know, being single or growing up with that single mindset, you, you don't necessarily i don't know that any of us myself included aspired to be married for 70 years <laughs> i mean i don't know that we did I, I i can only speak for me i it's not something that i mean i knew that yeah one day i'd like to get married and i knew that one day i envisioned myself getting married i envisioned myself having a son Um, but that was about it. Like I didn't envision like what my wedding day would look like, or, you know, how I would raise kids or, you know, when you're single, you don't really think about that kind of stuff, particularly when you're younger. Um, but for me, Baylor, the single life was cool. (laughs) The single life was cool. The single life was really, really cool. Um, you know, it was really dope in high school and in college, uh, you know, I mean, for me, single life meant one thing. Um, black women. <laughs> I love black women and I still love black women to this day. And I'm always going to be a proponent and an advocate for black women. Um, primarily because I know that that's where found, our our foundation is. Uh, but also... Um, I understand, too, that being raised by my mom and raised by my aunts and having spent some time, not a lot of time, but having spent the first six years of my life with my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother, my paternal grandmother, she passed away um, a few years ago. She was 95, but I did. And so I got a lot of years with her, but I didn't live around her. So I only saw her like once or twice a year. But love both my grandmothers but um that being said i i love black women so that was always going to be a thing and i mean to come up in the 90s <laughs> i mean you know you, you're going to have your share of experiences with black women and so um there was a level of love and appreciation that i developed very early for black women i've never um Never dated outside of my race. Uh, never had the desire. <laughs> More importantly, never had the desire to date outside of my race. Um, one, because I always found black women attractive. Um, and you know, that's the thing about black women, Baylor. Like black women, you know, they come in all shapes, hues of black. Uh you know, and I've dated women as light as light bright <laughs> and and as dark as me. And I'm dark skinned. So for those of you who can't see me or don't know what I look like, um, I'm chocolate. So I've it it didn't matter to me. I I I always see the beauty in my sisters. So it's it's always been like that. You know, even to this day I see beauty in black women, even though I don't um, you know, desire any other <laughs> black women, you get my point. Um, but yeah, so it was always, that was the beauty of being single, uh, black women. And then having gone to a black elementary school, a black middle school, a black high school, my black, my high school was probably about 90, 10 black. And then moving on to college at South Carolina state university which is a a predominantly, well, excuse me, historically black college and university, uh, HBCU, um, where when I got to South Carolina State, we never could confirm it, but they said the ratio was 20 to one, guys to girls. So Baylor, <laughs> let, me, let me let you in on a little secret. Of that 20, 15 of them were like dimes. And then three might be, all right. (laughs) And the other two were like, okay, like I, I tell people all the time, like we didn't have, you know, at the time that I was there, we, we didn't have a lot of ugly girls at school. I'll just put it. I'm gonna be honest. I went to school with some very beautiful women and, you know, I was cool with a lot of them and not even on some type of sexual type thing. I was just, I, if you look at the gamut of friends that I have from, from college, all of them were pretty dope and all of them were very, very intelligent um, and still are. And I'm still tight with a lot of them to this day. Uh, but yeah, the, that was one of the, the huge pros to being a uh, single Baylor is, um, you know, black women. Uh, like I said, I, I, and there's no knock on anybody who dates or marries outside of their race. It just wasn't for me. Okay, and i said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again. Like I I don't, I don't find white women attractive. It's no knock. I just don't. <laughs> you can show me the baddest white chick. I'll be like, mm, If you say so. <laughs> but you know what? On the flip side of that, white women might, might, might not find me attractive, which is hard to believe, but I don't care because <laughs> I'm not here for them. Um, and then being in florence i wasn't around any hispanics or you know Asians cuz florence wasn't like to. florence is definitely more diverse uh, that's my hometown florence south carolina um, and then i moved to atlanta after i graduated from college i moved to atlanta in 1997 so i've been here at the time of the at the time of this recording 25 years so but when i moved here i was in a relationship and then we broke up, but we got back together, but we broke up for about a year. So even in that year, I was able to experience Atlanta, um, single. And I had a lot of fun, did a lot of partying, a lot of running around, spending money, having a good time. Um, and that was before I settled down. But, uh, I think that's probably the biggest pro I could say. Um, just black women, um, being able to be around them and experience them and learn so much. And if you, you know, if you, as a man, if you're paying attention, a black woman will tell you a lot and teach you a lot. Black women will teach you a lot. So I would definitely say that's a pro um, amongst other things uh, in me being single. Um, Con there really weren't a lot of cons to being single. I guess the biggest con I can give you uh to being single is um well let me go back let me go back to the pros. um when you're single, you can only focus on you um and what I mean by that is when you're not married, a single black man. So when I was single, uh, everything was on me. Uh, If I wanted to move, like I told you, I I moved to Atlanta. Uh, But let's say I got here in Atlanta in 97 and I stayed a year and I'm like, "Eh, it's all right, but I want to go to Detroit. (laughs) I could do that. There's nothing that holds me back from moving from Atlanta to Detroit. So if you want to move, you want to have career changes. If I wanted to go bungee jumping, It's just me. So I'm single. So I have no responsibilities. I have, in essence, no one to answer to. I don't have to think of anyone but myself. And I think, you know, that is one of the biggest transitions for men going from single to being married is because all your life, all you had to worry about is yourself. Right. So I didn't have to worry about anybody else. And so you develop. um. Somewhat of a selfish nature to a degree, and I think we're all selfish. I mean, we're human, we're the only pe- you, you are the only person that you're going to deal with your whole life. <laughs> That's it. You came here as you, and you'll leave here as you. And you know, you came here and you're going to leave by yourself. Um, so yeah, those are the pros. I, I think that that was big, and I had you know these kind of conversations with my boys and stuff. Some of my boys who were single and who still are single, I mean, like they they can do a lot of things um and i'm not saying that i can't do any of the things that they do but i just have other people to consider wherein they don't and like i said if i wanted to go not that i ever wanted to go bungee jumping cuz who 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 does that right but that that's probably probably the best the most weirdest and obscure example i can give you if i wanted at at 26 if i wanted to go bungee jumping i could and I didn't have anybody to say well hey no wait a minute if this doesn't work out <laughs> your your wife would be devastated your kids will be devastated um and of course I mean I got I got my mom and my brother and my dad but you know that's a different story um but as far as having someone um as far as a con for being single um I think the biggest thing I can say is that at some point, for me, I can only speak for me. At some point it gets old. <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Me and my boy Jay, I, I'll use my boy Jay Fresh as, as an example. Jay Fresh and I lived together for a year when I moved to Atlanta. Uh, he's been in LA for the last 20 years now. Um, but Fresh is still single. So, Fresh comes and goes as he pleases, does whatever, he doesn't have any kids, he's got a couple of degrees, he works, he chills, he does whatever he wants to do. Um. And, you know, he he runs the streets, you know, uh, as far as clubbing, women, whatever the case may be. That's cool for him. But for me, um, at some point, the con of being single is at some point it would get old. Like. If things didn't play out the way that they did and me meeting who I met, my wife in college and us settling down and getting married. Um, I know at some point just being single would have gotten it because at some point I would have wanted to stop and kind of scale that stuff back and, you know, settle down and start a family because that's what I wanted to do. But everybody's not on there. Everybody doesn't want to have kids. And everybody that's single that doesn't have kids don't want kids. <laughs> and I think a lot of times people assume that they do, but they don't. You don't know that. Don't assume. But anyway, I, I, that's, that, that's a podcast in and of itself right there. And I may have to come back and revisit because you see a lot of married folk trying to impregnate and, and marry off single people and they ain't ready, or they don't want to, and that's cool. Um, so that's a con. I, I you you can't bailer. You can't run the streets forever. I mean, um, for me, at at some point, it was going to get old and tired. I was going to um, just because of the type of person I am. I was going to e- eventually evolve and mature into something where being single and living the type of lifestyle that I was living wasn't going to fulfill me long term short term it was dope but i couldn't see myself 35 40 45 years old at the same pace that i was at and again no knock on anybody else that does i I mentioned jay fresh jay fresh does that and does it in his sleep and does it well and he enjoys himself i have single partners here in atlanta that are the same way i just couldn't do it you know it was it was And particularly for me, I think I've always operated under the mindset if you find someone, you know, that is dope that you want to spend time with, that you want to be with, then if you got that, there's really no need for anything else. Why not settle down? (laughs) And settling down may not be getting married, but why not sit down? Why not sit down and just chill? So that's the uh, that's the single side of it. Um, the married side. Uh, at the time of this recording, I've been married uh, 22 years. So it's, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, so technically, if I'm 50, I've been single longer than I've been married, because technically you're single until you get married. So I've been single longer than I've been married, but I've been married a while. Um I would say, Baylor, some of the pros, um, one, you, you have a a lifetime commitment of being committed to the commitment. Let me say that again, you have a lifetime commitment of being committed to the commitment. Um the thing I will say is that i I, I try to make sure that before i asked <laughs> will you marry me um i wanted to make sure that that's what i wanted cuz I, I i wasn't about to ask and you know i not be ready cuz that's that's a huge that's a huge step for a single guy and let me just pull back the curtains okay so we got engaged December 31st, 1999. Now, if you follow your history, you know what happened on that day or what was supposed to happen that night. <laughs> and I joke all the time, like I said, yeah, we I I, I proposed because I thought the world was coming to an end for Y2K. Um, it didn't, but um, you know. We, we got engaged, uh, December of, uh, 1999. Well, if I fast, if I rewind back a little bit in August, August, um, August 9th, 1999, we had our first child, our son Dion. So we had a child before we got married, which is not what, um, it's not what I planned. It's not what we planned, but it happens. I mean, like, um, And I remember, it's funny because I remember people, when we told people that we were pregnant, you know, people, oh, y'all y'all going to get married? And I'm like, no, we're not ready to get married. And we weren't. I I, I was just being honest. Like, not that Dion was a mistake, because Dion was one of the, Dion obviously was one of the best things that ever happened to me and Sharice. But, but we weren't ready to be married. We had to get ready to become parents, but we weren't ready to be married at the time that Dion was born or even at the time that she was pregnant. We just weren't. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just remember, and I remember distinctly, um, <laughs> I distinctly remember my, my future mother-in-law who I love uh, asking me that. And I was kind of vexed. I was like, yo, why are you asking me this? Like I ain't trying to, cause here's the thing. Like I, I was nice in my response, but, you know, I don't think anybody should just run down the aisle just because they're pregnant. Because here's the thing. A child's not going to keep you together. There's so much stuff that you have to deal with in a marriage. It's not there's no possible way that a child will keep you with that person. So it's like even when I see people nowadays, particularly these celebrities and these athletes who are just, you know, having babies with this one and that one and this one and that one. And sometimes, at least it appears, I don't care enough to to do any research on it, but it appears from afar that these women are in it, they're in these relationships, and I, I think, and I hope and pray that there's love there, but it looks like, okay, the woman is like, well, maybe this is one way that I can keep him around. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I mean, if he's got a kid with you, and he's got a kid with two other women, Excuse me. Um. There's there's no way. <clears throat> there's no way that he's going to be around. It's just not. And there's no there's no guarantee that he's going to be with you and your kid. So no. Nah, I I I never, I never operated under that mindset. Um. But yeah, Baylor. The it's it's a lifetime commitment of being committed to the commitment. Um. You can look at it like this. Um, I always thought of marriage is something like building a house from the ground up. Your house is, you know' it's, it's the relationship. Um you gotta have one, a strong foundation, which is your friendship. Um the foundation has to be built on love. It has to be built on trust. It has to be built on communication. It has to be built on a friendship, loyalty, communication. Um, and no particular, and I, I just those are just coming off the top. That's in no particular order. Um, you know, obviously your foundation has to be built on love because love is important. It's very important. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't. I would hope you would marry somebody that you didn't love. You know, trust is another thing. Trust is huge, and and I've seen firsthand trust get broken. You know, and when your trust wanes or wavers you know that can easily destroy a marriage it can destroy a friendship more so than a marriage I mean because a friendship again is at the core of your marriage and your relationship um friendship is very important I mentioned friendship it's very important and the reason why I say this is important is because um personally we are great friends on the days where I'm not as good a husband as I should be. I need to be a good friend um, and vice versa on the days that she's not as good as a wife as she should be. She needs to be a great friend. And like, I'll give you an example. Like this is years ago. We got into an argument about, and Bill, I can't tell you how many times that you you know from being married. You get into an argument, and then like after the argument, you wonder what you were arguing about. Like, you don't know. <laughs> or you forgot which is what the argument was originally about. Um, but nah, it, the the friendship, the friendship piece is very important because uh we got into an argument, and I remember telling her, like, look. I had to, I I had to literally take off my husband hat and put on my friend hat. And I was like, look, what you said was messed up and I don't like it. And it hurt my feelings. It doesn't mean that I love you any less, but I didn't appreciate it. And I remember saying that and like, we had a conversation afterwards. But I realized, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but at the time I was literally taking off my husband hat and I was speaking as a friend because like I've met, I thought it was messed up, you know? And I think more often than not, when you're married, at least for us, a lot of times you can able, you're able to take that spouse hat off and put that friend hat on. And it's because like for us, we, we built what we have on a strong friendship. Um, and then some days, I mean, like if she says something, I need to be listening as a friend, even when, you know, (laughs) even when she's telling me something that I don't necessarily want to hear, you know, I I ain't gonna call it nagging, but it's just like, well, Hey, you need to do this, this, this. And I'm like, man, look, I know what I'm doing, (laughs) but we're, we're, we're two headstrong people. And what I mean by that is for those of you don't know us personally, like, um, if I told her the sky was purple and she knows that it's blue, she's going to stand on blue. She ain't trying to hear that it's purple. Now, I, I could, we could just agree to disagree that it's purple or blue, but once she's dug in, she's dug in. And, you know, vice versa. I, once I'm dug in, I'm dug, I'm a Sagittarius, man. <laughs> once I'm in, I'm in. So nah, uh, loyalty is another one, Baylor. Um, I'm an extremely loyal person. So I, I base my loyalties on, you know, something as simple as, you know, you show me how loyal you are to me. I'm going to be just as loyal. I mean, this dude right here, <laughs> I told the story before and I tell it again. I went out, th- we went out to LA and Baylor drove, like we were going to the Laker game and keep in mind, I had not met Baylor. Baylor drove at le- on a Friday. It had to be, a- he was at least an hour away. At least. I don't even know how far he was away. He just said, Hey, I'm on the way. I was like, he's like, where you at? I was like, we're at LA live. We're about to go in and um, we're going into the staples. And he's like, all right. He said, I'm on the way. And I was like, all right, well, I, I wasn't going in the game without seeing him and meeting him. Cause we had been kicking it, but that's loyalty right there. I mean, I don't know where he lived at the time, but (laughs) I'll just put it like this. It wasn't nowhere near Staples and he was getting off work, but that's loyalty. That's loyalty of a friend. And so if Baylor hit me up and say, yo, I'm in Macon and Macon's not near Atlanta. I'm going to Macon. Period. But um, I said that to say this, that that shows you loyalty. And, And when I have loyalty in my friends And when you have loyalty in your spouse, it's reciprocated. Uh, Communication obviously is is a a huge pillar of a relationship. Again, that's the foundation. You're talking about the foundation of a house. Um, If you don't have communication, you don't have anything. Uh, Because we are friends and we know each other well, um, we know which buttons to push. Conversely, we know which buttons not to push. (laughs) And I think sometimes you can know which button not to push and you push it any damn way, (laughs) which ain't cool. Um, But here's the thing I will say about the pillars of the foundation. Um, Again, the built on love, trust, friendship, loyalty, communication. Um, Those are the pillars. If those pillars are ever shaken, your foundation is shaken. Period. And if your foundation is shaking, shaken, your whole house could crumble. Period. I've seen it happen to the closest of my friends. I've seen it happen with us where we at one point weren't sure, like how or if we were going to make it. Went to counseling. I don't think that helped at all. We worked through it. You know, I'm not saying that I waved a magic wand or she made waved a magic wand, and magically things worked out. It just kind of worked itself out. I guess. um another pro to being married, uh Bela is you know growing old with someone and just growing with someone. uh We have a unique situation in the fact that we met in college. And I was three years older than her, but we were able to grow as kids or young adults, I should say. So a lot of pitfalls that we experienced, we experienced them at a young age. And I don't I don't want to use the word pitfalls, a lot of obstacles, I'll put it like that. Because we didn't have pitfalls. Didn't, like neither one of us got on crack. <laughs> but um the I think. Being able to grow with someone makes a difference. And that's why, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that you can compare um, marriages or anything like that. And I'll, I'll use my man Mo for an example. You guys have heard my man Mo on here before. Mo and I, one of my best friends, play ball together at South Carolina State. And Mo has been, Mo met his wife at South Carolina State as well. And they got married um, in what? They got married in ninety ninety nine. No, no, no. They got married ninety seven. Yeah, they got married right before. So they've been married at the time of this recording twenty five years. So they're so they're a little bit older as far. Even though me and Mo are the same age, they're a little bit older in their marriage. But even even having them kind of set an example for us, you know, the thing that I always say is that you can't compare marriages. So I even as close as Mo and I, Mo Mo and I are. I can't compare my marriage to him. And so what he's doing and what works in his marriage doesn't necessarily work for me and mine because we're talking about two different households. Um, and I think that happens probably more than we're willing to admit uh, that we start comparing and contrasting, you know, what's going on here and how they're doing it over here. And the reality is you can't. It's it's really not to your benefit to do that. Um, and I'm not going to mention kids because, honestly, kids, everybody didn't have kids. So I I, I, th- I think we would be effective regardless of whether or not we had kids or not. Uh, I think kids have made us a little bit more laser focused um, because, again, I'm not jumping out of airplanes and stuff like that if, <laughs> if I was single. But even if I was just married and it was just me and Sharice. No, I'm not doing that either. Um, but I did mention, you know, the conversation that we had, you know, before we had Dion. Um, there's a lot of pros. And I mean, I don't I don't want to make this a marathon podcast, but there's a lot of pros to being married. And and I, I have enjoyed being married. And, and I think, um, as I mentioned on a previous episode, like, I think there's more wins than losses. You're going to take some lumps. You're going to, you're going to be blindsided by some things. You, you, you may or may not, um, have struggles. Uh, I tell people all the time, like the first, first six to seven years of your marriage are probably the toughest. And the reason being is that, um, you go through major milestones in those first six to seven years. More often than not, you get married. I mean, that's a milestone in and of itself. And then more often than not, in the first six or seven years, you're probably going to buy a house. <laughs> that is a piece of work. Uh, you're probably going to have a child or two or three, at least one child. Those right there are major milestones. Um You may buy a car. That's another major milestone. You may uh, combine your finances, which is another major milestone. And all of those things can have trickle down effects on how you relate in your marriage. For example, you could have a kid and you have that kid and it's all fine and good, but Slowly but surely the kid becomes the focus and you don't focus on each other anymore. In and out of the bedroom. That my friends is a problem, (laughs) but I've seen it happen. So like there, there, there's a lot of different ways that that can go. Um, the cons (sighs) there's cons to being married. Um, one I would say there's no guarantee that it's going to work. That's the biggest con I probably can give you. Uh, you are literally, figuratively risking everything. Because what is it? What, what's, what's the number? Like 50, 55%? I, I'm guessing here. Don't fact check. I think it's the last time I saw it, it's like 55% of marriages end in divorce, right? So it ain't even, a. there's no, I mean, the day that you get married, there's no guarantee that any of what you're about to do or what you're about to plan or the life that you're trying to lead is going to work. And fellas, little FYI, and, speak, and speaking from someone who lived with their mate before they got married, there's no guarantee that, I mean, don't assume that things are going to stay the same just because you were living together and now you're married. No, things still change drastically. <laughs> and sometimes expectations change and, you know, we had to have a conversation about that. Okay, well, how, how does, how is this going to look? we we're, we're, am I doing something now that we live together that I shouldn't be doing while we're married? And I'll use going out as an example, going to clubs and stuff. Because I had a partner, man, he he was, he would be in the clubs. I mean, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> Monday. And he felt like, you know, just because he got married, it, it was supposed to change. And his wife was like, nah, dude, you can't do this every night. And I, I don't mean just at the club, but I mean like he'd be at the club coming in at two, three o'clock in the morning. Now, if you do that once in a while, okay, cool. But every night, nah man, that's a problem. That's a problem. So yeah, you, you run the risk. There's no guarantees that your marriage is gonna work. None whatsoever. So you are taking a huge risk. Um, and it's funny because, like um <laughs> again, I mentioned my boy Jay Fresh. Uh, Jay Fresh was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. And my wife loves Jay Fresh, and he loves her. And I just remember we were having a conversation. Um, right before I got married. He's like, man, you ready to sign that contract? <laughs> and I was like, Yo, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, he was laughing, but he would be a He was like, man, you signed that contract. He's like, you know, marriage is a contract. He's like, you can, it's easy to get in. He's like, how much does it cost for a marriage license? I was like, what? 10, 15 bucks. He's like, see, see, he's like, it's going to cost you 10 to $15 to sign that to get that marriage contract, to get that marriage license. He said, but it would literally cost you your shirt if this thing don't work. And you know what? To say that he's never been married and doesn't have any kids and doesn't have any responsibilities. He was right. (laughs) It could literally cost you your shirt Baylor. But the thing is, is that you, when you decide to get married, you got to be willing to take that risk. Um, and I, you know, one of the other cons about marriage is that, um, I think this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it for the people in the back and for the people who look at Facebook and Instagram pictures and think everything's sweet. Marriage is tough. Period. (laughs) It is work. You know, it's, it's almost like a football game, you know, from the stands, you can see everything. You know, so when you're not married, everything looks rose colored. It looks like this and it sounds like this and it feels like this and it smells like this. But, you know, in a football game, you can see everything from the stands, the good and the bad. You can see who messed up. Uh, if you move in a little closer and you get to the sidelines, the game looks a little different. It's still clear. But it's a little bit faster. And you don't see what you could see in the stands when you're on the sidelines. But, Baylor, once you get on that field, you see what's in front of you. And it's a million and one things going on on the field. But you only see what's in front of you. And that is marriage, bucko. (laughs) That's marriage. It's what's in front of you, along with a million and one things going on around you. But it's tough. It's not easy. It's not. I'm speaking as someone 22 years in counting it's not easy at all I, I told my homegirl one time i said man yeah i said yeah she was like i think i i threw up a pic on um on uh instagram and she was like oh man she was like uh the family looks so beautiful all six of you guys blah 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 you know because we have four kids and i said yeah i said man you don't know i said you i said you don't know it took us 10 minutes to take that damn picture i was like because we were arguing for five minutes before we took the picture. And I was joking, of course, but I mean, like, literally, don't be fooled by what you see on social media because the social media highlights, it shows you the highlights. It shows you, it it accentuates the positives. No, you're going to go through some real shit in a marriage. I'm going to be honest. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, infidelity. It doesn't necessarily have to be finances. It doesn't have to necessarily be um family members button in, but it could be all three of those things and more and you're gonna have to go through some things and I mean that's why I go that's why I want to go back to it being tough you have to be prepared for what's in front of you and what's tough because it ain't easy and if we're being honest, it ain't supposed to be easy. If you want to keep it real, it's not easy and it ain't supposed to be easy. And if you get into it thinking that it's easy, boy, you got a long, you're going to be on a long road. You're going to be on a long, lonely road. It is a beautiful experience one that I would do over and over and over again with the person that I chose and the person that chose me. But ain't no breaks in it. <laughs> you don't get no 20 second timeouts. <laughs> it's tough. But the thing I always tell my kids is um, anything worth having is going to be tough it's not going to be easy. It ain't supposed to be. Because when you get the rewards, you'll appreciate them that much more because you're in, you endured the toughness. But no, I don't get it twist. And I and I see a lot of stuff. A lot of times I see stuff on social media and I I get it, you know. You want to have the beautiful wedding and you know picturesque and you want to throw all these pics up on social media and get a bunch of likes and comments. Oh, this is so beautiful. I, I mentioned in the wedding episode a couple of months back. Hey, bro, a wedding lasts 20 to 25 minutes. Prepare yourself for the marriage. Because that's what you're going to need. Marriage is the lifetime. Or at least you want it to be. But even in that, a marriage isn't 50-50. No true word spoken. It's not. It, and and it's, it's tough. It's, it's not going to be easy. But if you want to work. You can make it whatever you want it to be. But the key word is work. And so technically. A marriage is. A work in progress. And if we're being real with ourselves, that's what we are. Works in progress. So there's pros and cons to everything. There's differences between being single and being married. And you have to figure out what it is that you want and and how you're going to go about doing it. And making sure that you and that other person are on the same page as far as doing it. Lastly, um, Bill, I'm going to leave you with something that I wrote for my blog years ago. And to be honest, Bill, I, I had to go back and find this one because I don't know if I ever, cause I have a blog, but I don't post a lot of stuff on there anymore. Um, I don't know if this was just in drafts or if this is something that I don't know. Let me just stop. I don't think I wrote this. <laughs> I think I added to whatever, what I'm about to read to you, but, um, I don't think I wrote this, but anyway, it was in my drafts Um, about marriage being tough. One, marriage is not fair. Marriage isn't fair. It's not equal. At any given time, someone is getting more than their share of the good stuff and someone is picking up more of their share of the crap at the end of the stick. This is just life. It's not perfectly balanced. It's not a teeter-totter. It never will be. Surprise. Think of the game teeter-totter where the goal is to stay balanced the whole time with both people toes touching. No one dips. No one floats. Whenever someone starts to go up, the person falling whines, grabs a hole and compares and complains about how unfair it is with the person rising and the person who's rising feels guilty and nervous. Is that super fun? No. The point of the teeter totter, uh, getting tongue tired. The point of the teeter totter is to enjoy the rising, enjoy the anticipation of falling. And then the fact that you work together to keep the cycle moving. So deal with it. Don't spend any time tallying up how many, how much slack you've taken. For the other person of picking up behind them or what have you. And you're demanding to be repaid. Just ride the teeter totter. Do your part pushing and trust your partner not to bump you off when you're on top. Number two. Marriage has no finish line. My mother-in-law used to always say you can tolerate anything if you know when it will end. Marriage has no end unless one of you dies. But let's not try to look at the coffin as the finish line with a ribbon across it that you can joyfully burst. Marriage is a permanent shift in a paradigm. The vows say that two become one. Not two standing together very closely together with an eventual plan to disentangle. If somebody starts to sink, this is a magic spell where you throw away the antidote, a surgical procedure where you tossed out the instructions for reversing the operation and decide to live and die that way. There's no being done, there is no exit to marriage. Number three, I mentioned a little earlier marriage has no rest. Whatever you're doing to stay married, do it every day. All the time. There are no vacations. There are no periods of time off or good behavior and no rest days. Not that you're looking at other dudes or other guys or girls or you even considering your spouse's needs before your own always. And the beauty of it is that taking a break wouldn't even be fun. You don't yearn to take a break from having a functional heart valve or some time off from your left arm. So you don't get tired of being able to see or breathe Marriage Isn't like your favorite song that you can only put on repeat, but for so long before it starts to annoy you, marriage is like oxygen where taking a breath from it starts to kill parts of your brain. Remember dating was not fun. Fortunately you don't have to do it anymore. Number four, Marriage has no metrics. There is no winning in marriage. There are no medals. You can't even see how your rate compared to other married people because there's no standardized test and no score. Being married is like running an endless race. You can't see any of the other runners or any other mile markers. And the only reason why you know that you're still in the race is that you haven't died yet. You can compare your marriage to other people's marriages if you want to. But you never can tell whether or not you're beating them, really. Maybe all of their fighting is a secret behind closed doors. If you're lucky, you may someday hear a friend say, quote, you guys have such a strong marriage. But then you have to wonder What is that being compared to? There are no inches, feet or yards in which you can measure a marriage. You can't measure yourself how good it might be or how good it will be. But you never really fully know if you've made it. You don't get a trophy or prize for marriage. And lastly, number five, marriage has no rules. Unfortunately, for those of us who like to be perfect, marriage is one big quote, your mileage may vary, close quote. Sure, there's some absolutes, but leading with, quote, don't kill each other, won't make a very good wedding sermon. That's what marriage is. Marriage is tough. It's endless. It's relentless. It's unfair. There are no rules or rewards. But here's how to be tough enough for marriage. Answer to no one and compare yourself to no one. Live for each other and never stop embrace your spouse embrace your spouse with such force that they become ex- an extension of your own self an extension that you could never do without marriage is an opportunity to separate yourself from the rest of the world to redefine happiness between you two and how you live your life your way when you found the right guy or girl everything that makes it tough to be married will make your marriage even tougher to break that's facts and ladies and gentlemen that's going to do it for me thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast gotta thank my man Baylor for the uh question I, I hope I, I I hope I did it right for you man um I appreciate you my brother uh make sure that you guys check out this episode and all of my episodes. The podcast drops wherever you're listening to it right now. And the podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. So be sure to subscribe. Again, that's going to do it for me. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five thousand.